How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. Vian Trong earlier today was announced as the new chief executive officer of DreamCorps. She will oversee Green for All, yes, uh, hashtag Yes We Code, and hashtag Cut50 initiatives at the Social Justice Accelerator. Now, DreamCorps backs initiatives that close prison doors and open doors of opportunity for all. I think most of you are aware that we are a uh, mass incarceration nation, and it really uh, is not helping us uh, to reduce crime, and it's really not helping us uh, with certain uh, demographics, uh, including certain ages of individuals. Vian Trong. Vian, good afternoon, and uh, congratulations, new CEO of DreamCorps. Awesome position, awesome organization. Glad to have you with us today. Thank you for having me on, Leslie. Good to be on. Um, uh, now, you're going to be overseeing so that folks know, and we have talked uh, to um, Cut50, but tell us Green for All, Yes We Code, and Cut50, um, because you're going to be overseeing that as CEO of DreamCorps. That's right. Our Cut50 work is transforming the criminal justice system. We're making sure we're working across party lines, so this is not about partisanship. It's really about working together for some practical solutions to really address America's safety and to smartly reduce our jail and prison populations by 50% over the next 10 years. And there we work closely with Newt Gingrich and with others who are really caring about this criminal justice issue. Our Yes We Code program is making sure where we really have diversity in tech. Increasingly, our new future is not written in laws, it's written in code. And Yes We Code is making sure that when those people are writing the code, it's reflective of the diversity of perspectives that we have in this country. And we have the biggest scholarship in uh, the country right now at 50 million to make sure that folks are able to get into boot camps, get into training programs. And then finally, with Green for All, we're making sure that we're building an economy that is sustainable and moving funds and investments into low-income communities. And I'm proud to say I was part of the team that helped to create the biggest fund in history for low-income communities to green up. So all of that is housed under the Dream Core uh, umbrella, and we are working to make sure that this is something that we continue to grow to help get our country back in order uh, to move us forward. So I'm excited about this. Um, you were personally recruited by Van Jones, who's president of DreamCorps. He's also a commentator on CNN. A lot of folks know him there. Van and I have met a couple of times at LAX, uh, you know, as we both go from L.A. to New York or D.C., uh, you know, pretty regularly. And he said, quote, we've been planning this for a long time, and now we are ready to take this important historic step together. Van is the right woman at the right time uh, to uh, lead us. Now, um, you have a, a varied background. Um, you're an attorney. You're mm -hmm. widely regarded as a top policy expert, a progressive leader, and a strategist on economic development, workplace policies, clean energy, public finance, and uh, growing the green uh, economy. So professionally, this is right up your alley, and you've been with DreamCorps for a couple of years. Um, th this is the, I think, obvious next step, and I, I think you're, you're the, the best choice for this, uh, given your background. Can you speak to your professional background uh, with regard uh, to this position? 
Sure. So I'm um, a trained lawyer, and I've been doing this work around how do we actually create an economy that is going to build up a middle class? How do we help make sure that we're improving the quality of life and reducing the cost of living? And from in the last 10 years, I've helped to pass over 20 policies across the country, from New Mexico to Massachusetts to California, and helping to make sure that we're shaping billions of dollars for things that actually improve people's lives, like public transportation, decent housing, clean water, uh, and how do we actually in, in, uh, invest in solar for low-income families for free that actually brings down housing their own costs from $200 a month that we've seen to $1.50. So I've been part of doing that for quite a while now and was honored by President Obama for the work that I've done. He's given me an award and received a few awards from senators and congressional members on, on this stuff. I, I, I want to um, – there's there's so much to talk about with this, and uh, one of the things is personally you're very uh, connected to this. Um, you were a refugee, right? I mean you and your family came right. from, from Vietnam, and uh, you, yeah. you, were, you were the youngest of 11 children? I was. I survived. That's saying a and, lot. And I want people to know as a child when you came here, you and your family picked strawberries in the fields – of uh, Portland, Oregon, before your family ended up uh, relocating and establishing your home base as Oakland, California, originally, correct? That's right. Now, t- talk to us about this. You know what it's like to be a refugee. Uh, you I know, do. you you know, you know what it's like to be uh, impoverished. You know what it's okay. like to have uh, prejudice uh, get in the way because you're in a certain demographic. Because you know, your family. One of the reasons they're picking strawberries. Um, it was strawberries or sweats or right. sweatshops, right? Those were the only That's options. Absolutely right. So, you know, for me, the work that we do here is so personal. I know from my background as a refugee, a person who actually was strapped on my mom's back when she was picking strawberries and snow peas in Portland, uh, and worked in, you know, what we call in polite circles garment factories, but in reality were sweatshops. You know, that was what my family did for 15 years from the time I was three until I was in college. They worked in sweatshops, what I helped to do when I was old enough. And for me, this work around how do we actually get good jobs, decent wages, how do we help improve communities for families who are really suffering at this time, that for me has been very personal. Um, I've had, as I mentioned earlier, 10 years of experience in doing it successfully. And now we want to make sure that we're doing it across the country for families not only in the green space, but also on the other issues that are so deeply impactful, from criminal justice to opioid crisis to diversity in tech. There's a lot of things that are now hurting our families, and there's most families are getting kind of the onslaught of multiple attacks from economic to health to, um, you know, the lack of wages and the lack of support in their homes. And so this work for us at DreamCore is really personal, and it's about how do we, how do we fight for the people who really don't have a voice, a traditional voice of power at those tables. Um, I also want to talk about how uh, this announcement of your position as CEO at DreamCore um, runs counter to current trends, especially in the nonprofit industry. According to the Chronicle of Philanthropy, only about a third of nonprofits that are similar size are led by women. Additionally, the nonprofit quarterly reports that only 7% of all nonprofit chief executives are people of color. So, you know, we, we, there's, a, there's a double win and kudos, not just to you, but to DreamCore um, for selecting not only the right person, but that that individual also happens to be a female and an Asian-American female. Mm-hmm. 
We just need diversity in all perspectives, um, from all perspectives. And we're going to have a country that reflects the needs of families across the country. So I am proud that we're making a buck against this trend and having to make, uh, helping to make sure that voices of refugees, of women, of people of color are in different spaces to talk about what is happening today in this country and how do we advance some solutions that reflect the needs, reflect the reality of what's happening now in so many impoverished communities across, um, across our land. And so I'm really proud that DreamCorps has made this selection and that Dan has um, trusted me with helping to see his vision through and operationalizing how we're actually going to fight for families. Um, and it's something that we're going to be doing across the country now with our tour. I'd love to make sure that folks hear a little bit about that. Um, it's going to be on our website, dreamcore.us. Dreamcore, but like C-O-R-P, like Marine Corps, uh, at .us. And so don't just hear about it on the radio. Come and join us in person. So, um, Vian, we had a, a question here, um, you know, from our listeners, and they wanted to know, essentially, so coming from the position that you are, you know, you, you started in and moving there now, how does that really connect with what DreamCorps hopes to do in connecting with young people and showing them the opportunities that, you know, can be afforded to them through great organizations like this? Mm-hmm. You know, one fact that stood out for me, is in 2016, Oxfam reported 62 of the richest people made as much as half the world's population. In 2017, that number dropped to eight people. Today, the eight richest people in this world make as much as half the world's population, and we know that things are bad. We can feel it. We don't even need the studies to show us. We can feel it in our homes and our communities. My personal background just lets me know that this is this isn't you know, rhetoric. This isn't something that people just have as fact on TV. I know what it means to grow up in one-bedroom apartments with 10 brothers and sisters and roaches everywhere, going to school where there were drive-by shootings. I feel the urgency because I live in it still. And for me, it's applying the knowledge that I've had from law school, knowledge that I've had growing up in the streets of Oakland. I also lived in the south in Rocky Mountain, uh, North Carolina, and Chickabee, Massachusetts, so a sprinkling of what does it look like to be in different states, in different levels of poverty, in different kind of communities, and how do we apply this knowledge from law to organizing to media and communications to apply in ways that actually allows for us to represent and fight for folks who don't have a traditional voice at the tables of power. Mark, thank you for your question. And if you have questions um, of our guest, pick up the phone and join us, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Dream Corps, as I mentioned, was founded by Van Jones, and that was just a few years ago in 2014. And that was to help cutting-edge initiatives grow big enough to impact millions of lives. Uh, They find aspiring leaders, uh, such as the woman we're speaking to, have the courage and determination to tackle America's toughest challenges and then connect them to world-class partners, smart digital tools, and national media platforms that will help them to succeed. What do you find uh, America's toughest challenge from where you sit, or one of? I find that our toughest challenge is uh, remembering that we need to turn to each other and not against each other, and that we have to begin to be the leaders that we're hoping for. You know, whatever party you vote, we can't expect our, our political leaders to save us. You know, we can't wait for the Democratic Party. We can't wait for the Republican Party to save us. It really is about how do we work together as a community across the country. 
And I think that now people are, um, no matter where you live, whether it's Flint or New Orleans, people are scared. The future looks dismal, and we don't have a compelling vision of the future that brings us together. And so what we're fighting for is to make sure that we're bringing people together, bringing people up, and advocating for programs that actually will improve their lives. There are three initiatives we uh, mentioned and touched upon briefly uh, in this uh, half hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dream Corps first, I'll mention Green for All. That fights pollution with solutions, works to get solar panels, healthy food, good jobs into communities that have little money or power. And mm-hmm. Green for All wants to build, you guys say, an inclusive green economy that is strong enough to lift people out of poverty. Can you explain to folks why it's important not only to have an economy but a green economy and how that does and can lift people out of, out of poverty? When we think about poverty and pollution, oftentimes people think these are such big problems. How do we think of them together? But they always are connected. So if you think about how high your cost of energy bill is um, and that it's forcing us to pay out these um, behemoth monopolies around fossil fuels, around oil companies, and uh, that we subsidize them. And we don't have an alternative to it, for instance, in renewable, in solar or in wind. I mean, these things are touching on not seeing any different options for us at the, at the end of the day. Um, and that, for instance, we can get solar panels for free to low-income families, and that immediately drops their energy bill. Um, one of the women that I talked to, her energy bill went from $20, a month to $1.50. So these things, we know the problems to be interconnected. We also know the solutions can be connected. The problem that I see now is that we think of uh, climate issues as something that is partisan, and it shouldn't be. The fact that we have families who couldn't go to school in Salt Lake City because of inversion days, the fact that we have kids in Flint who can't bathe in their homes because of the lead in their water, these are things that should not be about political fights. These are things about family and our values. And we want to make sure that we're fighting for these families moving forward by bringing moms together, making sure that no matter where you live in, whether it's Flint, Salt Lake City, or New Orleans, or New York, or Navajo Nation, let's come together and say, that's it's enough. We have to begin protecting our kids and our futures. Uh, Cut 50 is a bipartisan, the second initiative I talk about, working to a bipartisan initiative that works to make communities safer while working to safely and smartly reduce our incarcerated population. And to do that, to reduce it by 50 percent over the next 10 years, some people would say that is an extremely, uh, you know, big uh, percentage. Um, What are some steps to make that a reality? Well, first, we want to make sure that we're not over-penalizing people um, for things that they shouldn't be. Uh, Right now, we have most of the people who are in prison are for low-level drug offenses, and it's not violent. Let's make sure that we're not putting people in prison when it actually makes things worse for them. And there's a lot of people who are actually thrown in jail now for years without even being able to see a judge uh, because they can't afford to the bail and bonds and fines and fees in order for them to be able to uh, be out and wait for the day in court. And this is what has led for um, many people, including Sandra Bland, to be in prison uh, without having a um, due process. And it's years. So thinking about the common sense things where we uh, adjust for the fines and fees system, where we adjust for the over-penalizing of people for low-level crimes, and then we begin to tackle um, you know, the 50% number. 
Yes, we code. We didn't um, get to talk about in detail. I'm sure we'll have you uh, and or Van uh, back on in the future. Uh, But Van, speaking of, is going to be kicking off We Rise Tour, powered by uh, Love Army in Los Angeles. Can you briefly tell us about that with less than a minute left in the the half hour? We're kicking off tomorrow uh, in the Palladium in L.A. For listeners, please do come and join us. For more details of the tour stops across the country, go to dreamcore.us and we'll be doing 14 tour stops from now until August 20th. And that is awesome. You've been awesome and congratulations on your position. Excellent pick by Van. I know you'll be great. Van Trong, you can follow her on Twitter at Vendetta, V-I, love it, V-I-E-N-D-E-T-T-A. The website for DreamCore is thedreamcore.org. Twitter, follow DreamCore at thedreamcore. We've got all the news right here. I'm going to stop you right there. I see you about to settle on a day-old donut for breakfast. Well, this is a chick intervention. Because McChicken Biscuits and Chicken McGriddles are now at McDonald's. So just hit that drive through and change your life. For breakfast, you got this. Wake up breakfast. Say good morning to McChicken for breakfast. Right now at your local McDonald's, you can mix and match two Chicken McGriddles or McChicken Biscuits for just $3. Price and participation may vary at participating McDonald's for a limited time.